All right. Great to see everybody. Now, we're in a series of messages out of Proverbs where we're literally going verse by verse for a, a couple of chapters where Solomon said, I give you 30 sayings of wisdom or counsel and knowledge. So we've been kind of going verse by verse. And today we're going to jump right in Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14. And it's really about family raising children. It says, don't withhold discipline from a child. For if you punish them with a rod, they will not die. Punish them with a rod and save them from death. Now, the Bible says that children, they're the blessing, they're the heritage of the Lord. And uh, they're, they're, they really, really are. Sometimes when they're young, you wonder, right? You may wonder. But uh, we had a couple stories uh, from a friend and, and family that just came in just recently. Okay. Um, our friend said her daughter was crying, so she ran to find her, his, her big brother pouring water over her head. What are you doing? I asked him. I was pouring oil on her head like God. What? I just wanted her to be king of Israel. <laughs> and uh, then this just recently happened. I got a text from my son-in-law, Tim. I'm like, okay, he doesn't text me smiley faces. But here was a smiley face from him, and so I smiled back. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Well, then what I, I found out later was that um, Steph and Tim were busy with some company, and Tristan got a hold of his dad's phone. And he ended up texting all kinds of people. He texted everyone. And um, his dad had received a text from a stranger that was offering to buy something that he had on listed for sale online, a coffee machine or something. So, um, and he offered a really low amount, and Tristan answered with an angry face emoji. <laughs> but the person answered back with a, ha, yeah, you're right, okay, and he bought it for $30 more than he had planned to sell it for, so. Um, anyway, but then, then he, one of the texts he sent out was to um, a girl that was on staff with an angry-faced emoji, and he put in a word that wasn't a word, but it said, you fied. Well, so she thought she was fired, <laughs> getting fired, and she was very puzzled, and so, you know, they had quite a yeah. thing to make up for all his all right. mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we're in that grandparent stage. We've got four grown children. All of them love the Lord. All of them serving God. But we just want to just tell you this because you need to know this. We made a lot of big mistakes, right? We were anything but perfect parents. In fact, our, our son, Daniel, I think he was 15 or 16 at the time, and he wanted to go someplace. And I just didn't really feel like, I didn't really feel good about it. And so he asked and I said no. And he responded by saying, the reason that I am turning out so, or have turned out so well, and we still thought he was turning out, but he said, have turned out so well, is not because you are great parents. It's because I love God. And uh, when, when, when he said that, we were kind of like, yeah, that's good. That's what we're, that, that, that's the goal right there. He, he had told me uh, in another incident that he didn't agree with dad, but he's like, the Bible says, obey your parents in the Lord. And so I'm obeying not because he's right, <laughs> but because I want to obey God. 
and God says to do this, so I'm going to do it God's way. But I want you to know I don't agree with him. And it was just like, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to make the right choice, but knowing that uh, it couldn't bring us more joy, knowing that the word of God was behind his choices. Yes. Um, you know, you have, there's so much challenging things that our kids are going to face with and having to make decisions. And you cannot trust even your own counsel to them to be the right counsel for every all the way through their life, but to know that they're looking to God and going to try to obey God, and um, that's what you want. That's what we want because God has the right answer for every situation for him. Now, you know, Jesus grew up in Nazareth and was working as a carpenter until he was 30 years old and then went to be baptized by John the Baptist. And as he's been baptized, is coming up out of the water. It says, and suddenly there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, what, what God did there was he spoke three things to Jesus and about Jesus. And those are the three things that every one of our children need. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There was acceptance there was unconditional love and there was approval. And those are the things that every child needs from their parents. They need acceptance. They need unconditional love. You know, there should be no place where we're more forgiving, more receiving of our children than at home. No matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, when they want to come home and get things right, we're there, we, we accept them, we love them, we'll help them. Doesn't matter where they've been, doesn't matter what they've done, right? They need that, that unconditional love and they need approval, right? And uh, it was Tim Elmore who was talking last week really about this and he says, and you don't talk that approval about things that are innate qualities, like you're beautiful, you're smart, you're gifted, but talk about their behavior. Talk about their, their discipline. They work hard. They're honest. He said, but give them that, give them that approval. And it is, it is so necessary. Um, when I was growing up, my, my dad liked to work on cars. And uh, those of you who know me very well know that I don't like to work on anything. I mean, seriously. I mean, this is probably where it, where it started. I, I remember, I was like four or five years old, and, and my dad was working on a car. And, and like every little kid, I wanted to be there. And so I'm just watching and be, being with him and probably in the way more than anything. But he said to me to hand him, and I don't remember if it was a wrench or a hammer or a screwdriver or what it was, but I handed him the wrong thing. And he said, you idiot, can't you do anything right? You are so stupid. You'll never amount to anything. And I don't even believe you're my son. And ever since then, I just, it was like, it, it did something to me when it came to working on stuff. You know, and we got married and Jeannie wanted me to repair things. I just thought that's what every husband does. They want to do it. They want to fix things. And he didn't seem to know how. So I was No, no, no. I walk in, seriously, I walk in Home Depot and I get nervous. I'm just shaking, you know. I mean, it's like, fix it stuff. I mean, I, I, it, those words that he spoke 60 years ago, still today, have an effect on me. And so we get married in every, literally every birthday, every Christmas, whatever it was, she would get me tools. 
You gotta have tools. And fix it books, you know? And uh, I'm just telling you, it didn't take. It, 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 did, it, it did not take, you know? And, and to this day, I, did, I believe that with a phone and a credit card, I can fix anything. You know, that's my, that's my way. I, I, I'm just not, I, I just, I'm just repelled by, by even the thought, you know, it's just, but, but those were words that were spoken that had an effect on me and still affect me to this day. And she wants to get me delivered, but I'm just like, I don't even want to get near a tool. Actually, actually we make quite a team because, you know, he got kind of hindered when he was little and, and I, I was the third daughter and just loved hanging out with my dad and watching him fix things and do things. And, and he was always telling me what a good helper I was, even though I was just singing to him. I wasn't doing anything else. I, you know, he's like, what can I do to help you? Well, you can sing to me. You know, so I would sing to him. And, and, but just that interest in what, what he was doing and how he was fixing it. And then um, somewhere along the line, they started talking about, I must have put a puzzle together really well, and oh, you're so good at puzzles and figuring things out and good at puzzles. And so for me, fixing things is fun. Figuring out how things, you know, somebody else can fix the cars. I don't like to do that. But everything else is like, if something breaks, I like, I got to figure it out first before I call somebody. And so we make quite the team, actually. We're, we're well equipped for each. <laughs> for each other, yes. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod of a brute gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, notice that it says a child left to themselves will bring shame. Now, now what it's saying is this, that you don't need to teach your children how to be selfish. How many of you had to teach your children how to lie? You, know, you don't need to teach your children that stuff. In fact, they, they, they behave wrong naturally. Right? I remember our daughter was like, was she two or not even two when she went in the nursery? I mean, she went to nursery all the time, but one and, a half. one and a half. And Jeannie goes to pick up our daughter after service. And the, the nursery worker has got a scowl. And yeah. she's holding a baby that's crying. Yeah. And, and uh, she says, your daughter, your daughter bit this other child on the face. <laughs> and and uh, come to find out that child was playing with a toy and our daughter wanted the toy. Trust me, we never taught her to bite people on the face, all right? But, but it says it this way, all right? It says it this way in Romans 7.23, it says the law of sin abides in your members. You don't need to teach your children to be selfish. You don't need to teach them to lie. You don't need to teach them to bite, all right? They, they'll, they'll, they'll learn all that on their own, all right? There, there's, there's this inclination towards evil. And the Bible says if you just leave them alone, if you don't correct them, you don't teach them, you don't instruct them, they'll bring shame. They'll bring shame. So God said this to Abraham. I just want to tell the verse because to me this really helps when I understood in Proverbs. I read Proverbs a lot and then when I discovered what it talks about the simple. How many have seen that in Proverbs? It says the simple does this and the simple. And um, the complacency of the simple is going to destroy him. And I thought, well, I better know what the simple is. And that word means... One who is without moral direction and, how does it go? The simple, one without moral direction and inclined toward evil. That's it. So, and that's just the way each one of us are born. Each child is uh, morally deficient. They don't have wisdom. 
and they're inclined toward evil. And the teaching is so, um, so important. There's so many how-tos. There's so much more they need to learn than just, oh, to brush your teeth and how to make your bed and how to um, say please and thank you. I mean, all those things, but just building. And it doesn't just go through the toddler years. It continues um, all the way up. There's just, we're continually seeking to um, grow in wisdom and in understanding. It even talks about Jesus, that he grew in wisdom. And under, that means that as a little toddler, he didn't have all the wisdom that he needed. He was growing in wisdom. And if Jesus needed to grow in wisdom, my goodness, our kids need to grow in wisdom. Yeah. We need to implant, teach, train, put those things in them on purpose. So God is speaking about Abraham in Genesis 19. He says, for I know him in order that he can may command his children in his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Now we're talking about a child that's left of themselves. They will bring shame. They're going to go in the wrong direction. And it says that Abraham commanded his household after him. In other words, first of all, it was in Abraham, as it says in Deuteronomy chapter six, where the Bible talks more about raising children than any other single place. It says these things must be in your heart. First, they've got to be in your heart. But then notice it says that he's going to command his family after him. In other words, you make decisions for your children. You make decisions for them. You don't say, do you want to go to church? No, they want to go out and play. That's what they want to do, right? But you make the right decision for them. Sometimes, right? sometimes, um, like the other morning, uh, Wayne and I woke up early and we're laying there. We both were praying, and you know, just it just felt so good. We're all cuddled up together, and and uh, the, well, it's Sunday, so we better get up. And I said, well, why don't we just lie in bed and watch on TV? She, she said, so let's watch online. watch online, let's live stream. And I thought, I guess we can't. Anyway, <laughs> But when you make those you choices, you make the right choice. You show them where their priorities should be. You show them you're going to seek first the kingdom of God, but you make right choices for them. Now, it's really interesting. It says this in Proverbs 13, right? It says that if you love them, you'll discipline them promptly. The King James says betimes. All right. In other words, consistently. All right. You don't do it once in a while. How many of you realize kids always misbehave at the worst times? They never misbehave when it's convenient for them to misbehave and you could just deal with it. Now, I remember years and years ago, uh, our kids were small and we were at the house of one of the elders of, of the church and they did everything wrong. I don't know if it was the wrong atmosphere, you know, they just weren't used to the place or what. And he said, we're leaving. He said, man, you got to get you got to get control of your family. I said, I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, pastor, you need to do this. You need to do that. But it was just was the wrong time. All right. And I'm in, but you've got to deal with situations as they come up. Okay. Um, what, the Daniel story or the Steffi story? Steffi. The Steffi story. Can I do both? But just do that one. How many want to know what happened to Daniel? <laughs> We're getting a boat here. No, just do, do that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to obey, submit. <laughs> Just for time's sake. That's good. Well, so it's not always convenient and it's not always easy as the point is make, and yet it's very, very important. And uh, Stephanie was just 
um, born with a strong will with ideas. I just, she knew what she wanted. And so she uh, got up one morning, I decided to, um, you know, get her dressed, getting ready for church. And I handed her a little dress, we we're going to put on her dress. And she had her play clothes, not even clean play clothes. I mean, these were grubby play clothes, like dirty, not, not suitable for going out. But, and um, so we're going to get ready for church. And she just put on her little two-year-old stance, you know, like where they, they plant their feet on the ground and she puts her hands on her hips. And she's like, I want to wear my shorts or whatever. And I said, well, we're going to get dressed for church and, and um, those aren't clean. And no, I want to wear what... And she just was, I want to wear what I want to wear. And, and she just was building up the steam inside for... I'm like, this is not important. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, and she just was off in her own world of I'm going to... I want what I want, what I want, what I want. I want what I want. And, um, and I didn't have time for this. Dwayne doesn't like me to be late. And even though I always had a good excuse... Um, <laughs> the, you know, the, I, get, I get her ready really early, and then she got lipstick all over her white outfit, you know, and then we have to change, and he's like, why are you late? Well, you know, another, anyway, so here was another thing, I just, like, come on, we got to get dressed, gotta, and it's hard to um, put on clothes on this wiggly, um, independent little girl, and, and I am frustrated, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to take her in their shorts. Let her look however she looks. I don't really care. I, you know, my, that whole, oh, just whatever spirit was coming on me. And uh, so I looked at it. I remember thinking, okay, God, I need help. If she's two years old and I can't lead and direct her, <laughs> what is going to happen when she's 12, 13, and 14, and 15, and, and when I'll have absolutely no uh, input into her life? And so I prayed, like, God, help me, and I got down on my knees, eye to eye with her, and I just had this vision. I said, Steph, you know right now that feeling, that strong feeling you have inside that um, is telling you to get what you want, and she's, (laughs) 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 yeah, and so she's feeling the feeling, and I said, well, that feeling, that strong thing, desire you have on inside is not something that God put in there so that you could rebel, that you could be, get in trouble. It, it, God did not put that in there for you to make you a brat and to, to make you be naughty. God put that strong character inside of you so that you could stand up to the devil who tries to tell you to disobey mom and to cheat and steal and, and do, treat other people bad. He made you strong on the inside so you can say yes to what's right. I am going to obey mom even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to do what's right. And so you can be a, you can just slug the enemy who wants to destroy your life. And you can be, you are a good girl. God made you to be a good girl and made you to be a strong one. And I'm talking to her and I'm preaching to me and I'm just catching this (laughs) vision of that God did not make her to be a brat. How many of you have felt that sometimes? Like your, your little child was just sent from hell instead of heaven. <laughs> it's like, what on earth? God said these were blessings. And, and just that. So, but I am catching a new vision that, oh my, 
This is a gift from God. She is, God has a purpose. And her little personality and her character are things that God knows she's going to need in life. And it's not to be a curse to me or to anybody else. So she and I got through this sermon thing and her eyes got this big like, wow, I'm really something. And, and, and she just put on her dress and she went to, she was a good girl and she went to church and she, everybody I mean, everybody she met said, oh, you look so pretty. And she was just so pleased. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank (laughs) you. And of course, when we got home, then I had to peel her out of that dress. (laughs) It's like, oh, now it's time to put your um, play clothes on. But But it was a beginning of a real renewal in my thinking to look at her and to realize that God has wisdom for each of those hard situations that we go through. He has the help that we need to treat, teach them and to turn their hearts and, and to, to guide them in making a better decision than what they're making. So don't just throw up your hands and think, well, whatever, it's not convenient now. I'm not going to make the correction um, maybe next time because next time will never get any more easy. Yeah, that's the truth. Again, God said to Abraham about him, He'll command his children, his household after him. So you make the right choices, you follow the right priorities, and you teach your children to do that as you make those choices and follow the right priorities. Oh, and I I should tell you after the fact story, when she became a teenager and was very, you know, teenage strong, still opinionated, strong-willed, she was an angel in teenage clothing. She had difficult decisions and difficult things, but she would like, she did use that strength to stand up when all her friends were going to go in a different direction, and she'd decide, nope, that's not right. I'm not going to go there if I lose all my friends. So it worked. Okay. All right. Good. (laughs) All right. Right choices, right priorities. Now, listen, so often what parents want to do is they want to be their children's friend. They want to be their children's buddy right? They don't need you to be their buddy. They don't need you to be their friend. They need you to be their parent. They need you to be the one that corrects, that instructs, that makes the right choices, that shows them the right priorities. And listen, if you have to be liked, you can never lead. You cannot lead if you have to be liked, right? So you need to be their parent. And if you're their parent and you do it well, later, When they're adults, they will be your friends. They will become your friends. But you don't need to to be their friend when they're growing up. You need to be their parent, right? And then when they mature, then they will be your friend if you parent them properly, right? So, so, So realize, I don't need to be their buddy. I need to be their parent. I I need to lead. I, I need to discipline. I need to set the choice, help them with their choices and set priorities in our family. And if you will do that, when they're old, they will be your friends, right? Uh, Again, it says to discipline them. If you love them, it says you discipline them promptly or you discipline them consistently. And uh, I don't want to pick on our daughter, Stephanie, but but, uh, she was, it, it seemed like it did not even work at times. Uh, we would, we would put her to bed first and then even the other kids a little bit later, but she didn't not, how many of you have kids that don't have off switches? They don't have an off switch. 
You know, and they just, they, they just don't want to go to bed. And you put them to bed and they don't go to bed and they don't stay in bed. And uh, I, I remember one particular night that it kind of seemed to come to a head. Well, she was, she was too old, getting too old for the crib, too big. Once they can crawl out, you know, you're like, okay, I think you've got to learn to stay in, in bed on your own and not being um, caged in. So, you know, I talked to her about, about the, gave her the whole big pep talk, and I had decided, okay, tonight's the night that, um, well, I've got to tell you, before this, I'd give up, and I'd just go to bed and, and get up about 11 o'clock and find wherever she'd fallen asleep in the house and pick her up and put her in bed. Uh, she, would, she would take all the, she'd gather all the waste baskets from everywhere and line them up in the living room and, and get into my curlers or something else and line them up in the living room. She was always putting things in order and then she'd be passed out on the floor. And um, yeah, that wasn't maybe the best parenting, but you know, I'd fall asleep before she would a lot of times. So anyway, this, I finally decided, okay, she's got to learn. She's got to, she's, can't stay in the crib anymore, so she's got to be a big girl. And I gave her the big girl talk and, and um, read story with her and, and prayed with her and loved on her. Just, just gave her hugs and, oh, you're such a sweet little girl. You're going to go to sleep. I know how it's so much fun to obey. And, and I'm painting the picture of being obedient and staying in bed. And, and it was her, her night to show that she could do it. And, and so I laid her down and um, went... I was so full of faith, I stayed uh, several stair steps down on the stairway <laughs> and sat there to read a book to make sure she obeyed. And it uh, wasn't long, I heard her, I looked up, and there's her little head as she turned and went down the hallway to her brother's room to play. I was like, uh-oh. So I picked her up and took her back to bed, and, and, uh, and I said, remember, you, you were going to obey, and when you disobey, then, then you get spanked. So I gave her a swat. And, Loved her again, prayed with her, put her down, and, and let her know, you know, you really, you're going to stay in bed. <laughs> That's wisdom. You're going to stay in bed and go to sleep. And so I went back to my perch on the steps, and um, pretty soon I hear a noise, and there she is going down the hall to her brother's house, room again. And, and I think it was like at least three times that um, I had to... And each time, you know, I said, okay, it, it hurts to get spanked. I don't know if you hurt, but I hurt. It hurts to get spanked. Go to sleep. And, and anyway, she didn't go to sleep again. And I, I to sit on the steps, and I'm like, oh, God, help her go to sleep. Please knock her out. And I hear this. <laughs> and I thought, no, oh, that's sounding kind of close. And I turned and looked, and I couldn't, over the stair, the top step, I couldn't see anything. I stood up, and there she is down on all fours. She's sniffling and crying and crawling out, crawling down to her brother's bedroom. She does not give up. <laughs> and so this time I picked her up, and I put her in bed, and I stayed there and holding her down. And I'll, I'll tell you a trick my mom taught me about, um, yeah, you, you hold them down and lo love and pray for them until they pass out. <laughs> but this is a trick my mom taught, taught me was um, you, you take and, and you, 
you sing them lullabies and you go like this over down their eyelids. You know, you're just like lullaby and good night. And, and they try to open their eyes and every time they open their eyes, you kind of gently, uh, gently close them and their eyelids get so heavy, pretty soon they just fall asleep. I don't know, maybe some of you have tried that, yeah. but it really and when does they, work. And when, when they sleep, that's the best time to pray for them because it's easy to have faith when they're not misbehaving. <laughs> so yeah, finally... Victory. She went to sleep. <laughs> she went to sleep. Say, one last thought before we, we finish. It says this in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. You know, he spoke words of blessing and words of faith over those children. In fact, it's interesting. Uh, Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, they're born in Egypt. They're really, they're, they're Egyptian royalty. They are on the top of the economics, social ladder in Egypt. And that, that's how they've grown up. But when they walk into grandpa's presence, this is what he said. He said, Ephraim is mine and Manasseh is mine. And this is what he was saying. He said, they are going to be part of the covenant that God made with Abraham, with Isaac, and with me. He said, I claim them for God. You know, you, you and I, we need to speak some faith over our children, over our grandchildren, and claim them for the kingdom of God. And that's literally what he did. And he began to speak about their future and, 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 and great things that were going to take place. But he did that by faith. You know, I, I think that it's interesting that over 90% of felony cases all over our nation are committed by defendants who grew up in father absent households. 90%. There, there wasn't that model. There wasn't somebody who was speaking faith over them. But we need to speak some words of faith over our children, over our grandchildren. It says this in Numbers chapter 6. It says, speak to Aaron and his sons and say, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. It says, say to them. How do you bless people? By saying to them. And he said, you said what you say. He said, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, God said, and I will bless them. Listen, when you speak words of faith over your children, God says, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to bless those children because of what you say. And don't be saying the words like, you're no good, you're never going to amount to anything, you're stupid. No, you need to speak words of blessing over them. That God, may God bless you. May God give you understanding. May God give you a great heart. And you're going to do great things in the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. You're going to have a great marriage in Jesus' name. You begin to speak words of faith over your children. That reminds me, when the kids were little and... Um we were trying to teach them not to be, when they were angry, frustrated with their brother or sister, not to say, oh, you're stupid, or you stupid, or you, you know, I can't think of all the bad names that kids call each other, <laughs> trying to be mean. ugly to each other when they're upset. So we made a list of good things that they could call them. Like, if you're mad at your sister, you call her beautiful. You, call, you can call her sweet. You can call her... Uh, uh, honey, I don't, we just made this list of, of words that were good words that you could say. And in a way, it was like, when you're upset, 
bless them. What the Bible says to bless your enemies, right? <laughs> well, in one of the ways of blessing, and it works this way when, with as a parent too, if you 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 are calling a blessing into that, and especially even in the moments when you are frustrated and you're angry, and that teenager is acting like a two-year-old, and you want to tell them how childish and and uh, stupid they're acting and all these other things. If you can have words you've pre-planned, you have blessings that you've pre-planned that you can diffuse your own anger by saying, you are called of God to be a blessing. You are a, a what's, a, what's a good word? <laughs> you, you, are, you are growing in wisdom. Praise God, you are growing in wisdom. And um, God loves you, and he has a plan for you, and, um, and you do a good job making your bed. I don't know. You just got to, there's, there's the blessing, blessing. And I believe that the, in your own prayer time, as you pray for those children and you ask God to direct you as you pray for them, you'll find yourself praying words of like, I thank you, God, that you're quickening uh, this son and you're giving him the ability to be patient and kind and you're giving him a heart to, to love other people. I thank you that you're, you're quickening how to solve problems in this child. I mean, there's, there's blessings that God has for you to speak and if you speak them in your prayer time, you'll have them on your tongue when you speak to them face no. to face. One of the things I enjoy when we go to Israel every time is on Friday afternoon, Right across from Bethlehem, we go to a little Orthodox Jewish community and uh, we, we kind of divide the group up and everybody goes to the home of an Orthodox Jewish family and we have the Shabbat meal with them. And what you'll see every time is the children line up right in front of their father and they sit on his knee, even the older ones, 18, 20 years old, and he puts his hand on their head and he blesses them, speaks a blessing over them every single Friday that we're there. We see it happen. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. And uh, it's something that we've lost. How many remember they brought the little children to Jesus? The Bible says he laid hands on them and he blessed them. He blessed them. And that's something that we should be doing with our children and our grandchildren. Speak that blessing and faith. And God said, and I will bless them. All right. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Honey, would you please just pray over every home, every family that's represented? God, thank you for the opportunity that you give us to uh, parent with you, to influence um, our children, our families, and those around us. I pray for each mother, father, aunt, uncle, neighbor, grandmother, grandfather. <laughs> father, we, we ask for each one that you would give them clear vision of how to speak blessing into the young people, how to minister to them in a way that they can taste and see how good you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As every head's bowed, it says in John chapter 1 that he gives to as many as receive him the right to be the children of God. You know, it is not enough that you know about God, that you believe in God, or even that you pray. The Bible says you need to receive him. Receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Because when you receive him, you receive forgiveness. And it's interesting, the Bible teaches us that it's not good people, but forgiven people who go to heaven. 
that everyone's welcome, that everyone gets in the same way, that everyone can meet the requirements because Jesus met those requirements for us. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. All of my efforts could never make me right with God. All of your efforts could never make you right with God. There's just one way, and that's through Jesus. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. It really means to give him all your heart and all of your life, to hold nothing back, to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And if you're here today and you're away from God, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. We're going to pray and you're going to come home. If you're here and you don't know where you stand with God, this is for you. I want you to lift your hand. If you say, I'm a Christian, but I don't know God and I'm not living for God, this is for you. This is for you to lift your hand. And we're going to pray. And you're going to receive him today. You're going to be right with God. You're going to be forgiven. Now, as you lift your hand, the first thing you're going to be saying is you're going to be saying to God, God, I know I've sinned. I need a Savior. I'm coming to Jesus to be saved and to be forgiven. One. As you lift that hand, you're saying, today I'm going to give Jesus all of my heart, all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. Two. Now get ready. As you lift that hand, you're saying, by faith, I'm receiving him today. He's going to come into my heart. He's going to blood wash me from my sin, make me a new person on the inside, a part of your kingdom on my way to heaven. Three. Just lift that hand up. Say, pray with me. I'm not where I should be, but I want to get right. Thank you. I see that hand and that hand. Are there others up in the balcony? Include me, Pastor. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Others, include me today. Not right. I want to get right. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Would everyone please just take one hand, put it over your heart, lift your other hand towards heaven, and let's pray with those that just lifted their hand to say, Oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. That my past, it's gone. That I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen.